What up, you are listening to the Deep Ape Space Podcast. I am El Sepatura. And I'm Chef. We dive deep in big brain apes in crypto space. Rick, you should do it. Do Intro our intro? guests, yeah. Uh, Mr. Rick called, how would you like to be introed? What sort of, uh, if I were to like, put you over i feel bad because i'm like a pro wrestling fan so it's probably gonna sound like a pro wrestling type of thing but like what are uh, let's go yeah let's go <laughs> dun, dun, dun. we need like some we need we need a, a theme song going here what's your theme song grit halo hey okay oh. Introducing in this corner from all the way across the world, Grant. Great acoustics in there. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, I have a, got a <laughs> semi-pro mic here. Semi-pro. You can't ever go full pro because we got to stay humble, right? You can't go top of the line. You're going to get second to the top of the line. Yeah. Every time I hear semi-pro, I just think Flip Michigan Mega Bowl. Let's go. What's up? <laughs> About to dive deep with the thread master of disaster. Yeah, so great. Get out your seat, get up off your Give the people what they want, man. Who is the great cult? Cool. Um, I mean, there's a great cult, the Twitter account, and then obviously there's a great cult, the person. Um, in, in terms of the person, I suppose, my, my background, what I kind of do nowadays. It's, um, you know, I kind of started out in consulting, um, you know, working with large corporations, doing a lot of governance and corporate stuff um, for like, you know, multi-billion dollar companies. And then very much went into like consulting and then, you know, work, worked with crypto, worked with Concave for a bit as well. And yeah, it kind of, it kind of snowballed. And, you know, what I kind of focus on is like, you know, optimizing operations and, you know, helping companies scale and grow i suppose but grit cult the twitter account is a probably a lot more interesting story i suppose um it did start out as a it started out like in the last bull run um around 2017 2018 i actually used the name grit cult before that it was it was something else it was called that grit and then i can't remember the rest of the names um, but yeah, like I kind of started out in terms of like talking about economics and crypto in general, and then I like, just kind of snowballed um, into where I am now. And like a lot of people, literally hit thirty thousand followers today. Um, so yeah, again, like it, it's just kind of snowballed, and here we are. And yes, it's been a fun, fun ride. Yeah. Wow. So I'm looking at your account right now. What is, what are the symbols that? That's your uh, handle now, or your name above your handle. So, so that is Arabic, um, and basically what it means is the way of the sage, um, oh. <clears throat> or the way of the philosopher, or something. And it's like a very old book, like seven hundred year old book. Um, yeah, that just talks about philosophy and metaphysics. Um, and like no one's really picked up on that, but it's, it's a huge kind of like if, if you if you read that book, it's like pretty mind blowing. So um, huh. you said no one's he ever laid that out there for everybody, and they don't even notice. No it. one's ever picked How up on that. No, no, no one's mentioned anything. But I mean, I, I change my like I change my handle like every couple of months just because I, I like having kind of new um, aesthetic, like Twitter aesthetic, and and like before I had like a pink. You know painting of a, of like a girl princess that was like 
surrounded by a skeleton or something and that was like very um glossy but now my painting now, now my picture is a is a dali painting it's it's actually from his tarot deck i've actually i actually owned the original like 1980 um tarot deck by dali um it cost me a couple hundred but again it's um yeah the the, the tarot deck represents a picture um, and a card the world I mean, yeah, but like, I, I, I like have, I like having these kind of pictures, personally kind of pictures that are kind of laden with meaning if you kind of like strip back and peel back the layers. Yeah, um, it's not just a cool thing. That's alpha you're dropping. And people don't even realize. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's alpha, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm looking up this, the way of the sage, the way of the sage, right? Yeah, that's what it was. And who is this? Uh, I'm seeing a few different things. Who's the author, who's the author on that? Um. Or is it? Uh, is it Brahma of... Vi, Brahma Vidyanada, Way of Sage? No, Brahma. no, I can't, I can't remember the name. Um... Brahma Vidyanada. In awakening consciousness through higher understanding, this practice is geared to those who choose to yes. see. Is that so it? There's quite, there's quite a few names for it. Um, there's Gayat al-Hakim, which also means the goal of the wise. Um, and there's also the aim of the sage. There's quite a few like translations. Um, or the goal of the sage. That's, yeah, goal of the wise, goal of the sage. Um... Yeah, I mean, that's the translated name. So, Gayat al-Hakim is also the name of the book in, a, you know, in transliteration. Um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a physics book more than anything. Um, I haven't read all of it, but it's, yeah. So, <laughs> it, I'm well, seeing you actually have Just enough to be dangerous, article. right? Yeah. Um, I see you have your own article called The Way of the Sage on Medium um, relating more to like Plato and Socrates and the symposium specifically oh. do you want to uh, could you dive deeper into that maybe sounds pretty interesting um, so that that wasn't written by me that was a guest post by a guy called Noble um, but I kind of helped edit it and like brush it up I think um oh. But yeah, I mean, his is a very kind of like straightforward, <coughs> straightforward kind of post. It's like, I think it's like, I think 1,500 um, characters or something. Yeah, it's a very short essay. Um, and, and, it, and it kind of just outlines the background of why, of philosophers, of sages, um, as back in the day. And ultimate reality of this um, endeavor is that, like, you're not going to really solve the universe you're already going to solve um enlightenment let's say um, and understand everything and be correct 100 percent correct so um but again the way of the sage is like it's a process um it's a continuous thing it's a praxis is a activity yeah yes this is it's like what what yeah that's it's that reminds me of like the med like the meditation the practice of meditation, the point of meditation is like, not to be a meditator right and it's and it's like you're not, there's nowhere to get there's no like there's no like end goal like I'm gonna do this <laughs> until, X right like the the realization of enlightenment is that I am enlightened like I'm I'm I am enlightened to the truth and the truth always is and it always has been. And it's like, it's not anywhere I can get to other than to realize that I've always been here. I guess is a fun way for me to think or to dance about it. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree. And I have a tweet that basically says like, you know, once you reach enlightenment, you kind of ask yourself like, now what? Um, right. What is it like before I was enlightened, I gathered wood and after I was enlightened I gathered wood or I can't that's a horrible paraphrasing of it but it's like basically once you're enlightened you just keep doing what you've been doing because that's literally the meaning 
and always was. Yeah, no, I, I think I think I think that's a pretty good quote. Yeah, I've heard that before as well. So, yeah, I think that's pretty much under 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 nose. Just um, it's like a continuous process that's never changing. And um, I mean, one thing I've kind of realised um, recently as well is like the person who I was like ten years ago is like very different to who I am now. Uh, and that that kind of change is like it kind of, it kind of like it's 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 really mind blowing because I don't even think in the same way I, I can remember how I used to think and I used to like do all these different things and then my characters like changed a lot as well um, and I think that's just like that's the best part of life is like embracing that kind of change um, and going out for these experiences and wanting to be changed yeah you know yeah, I, I was thinking along those lines recently that it is interesting that you know on one hand yeah the person i was 10 years ago i was i was a completely different person but on the other hand on the same hand maybe is like i was the same like there's a part of me that has this ever present perspective of you know going through life and even you know myself as a child like at least in this moment i have these memories where you know i I can remember, okay, yes, I had this like same perspective, but without all the experiences in between there and here that have made me who I am today, you know, and it's just, uh, it's another one of those interesting paradoxes to dance with. Like I have this constant perspective yet it is also changing. It's like, you know, if you've ever heard the more things change, the more things stay the same. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely heard that before. Um, okay, yeah. P- Picatrix. Yeah. Picatrix? Yeah. Is this... Okay. This is the... That's one of the names of the book. One of the translations, or the Latin name. Okay. Actually, speaking of names, I don't mean to try to shift gears, but uh, I know what your name means to me like i kind of picture a group of people religiously dealing with hardship or something to that effect but mr grit cult what does grit cult mean to you (laughs) (laughs) um all right so i mean it's kind of what's the word innocuous it's um so my previous twitter name was called that grit um this is this is like 2012 2014 15 16 around that era 10 years uh, ago different you <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah, very much mm-hmm. and that's why like going back to my twitter aesthetics and my twitter physiognomy that's why i like to change it every so often is because like I, I, I don't know like what the avatar looks like affects how you kind of read and engage with the tweets so ha- me having a different avatar you know it changes how people interact with the tweets and so- sometimes like i'll change my avatar and like I can actually show you the stats for this. So I, I had my old avatar, and like, I changed it to my current stuff, my current avatar. And, like, the engagement just went like it just 10x for some stuff. Whereas if I tweeted it like a month ago with the other avatar, it it, it would have been a lot lower. So like, and and, it, and this is what I kind of do with like when I work with some companies in terms of startups and crypto projects, and the growth is like, you know, we we, we gotta make sure our aesthetic, you know, both in the sense of like what we're writing. And how we look, it's like, you know, very coherent and, you know, projects sort of image. Um, mm. And that's what I've kind of learned just through like my own kind of Twitter and just kind of playing around with things and having fun. But, but going back to my name, um, yeah, it, it was like that grit. And then like 2017, I was called Crypto Grit. Um, and I was like, for the entire ball run, I was, that was my name. And then Bear Market came and I was like, you know what, fuck this. Um, I need to get a job. Um, and, <laughs> and yeah and i changed the cult because like i don't know I, I, like i was just kind of like reading a lot into cults at the time um culture um you know media marketing that kind of stuff um, and like how like larger groups of people essentially um you know gather and operate in a hive mind um and yeah that that's pretty much it and then the mindset as well like going back to like reflexivity it's like you know what you look at looks at you and what you work on works on you 
I literally tweeted that earlier today, which is a weird synchronicity. But <clears throat> again, like, yeah, like in, in terms of cults as well, like you, part of the cult, were all like, you know, very entrenched in these kind of like significant groups of people that have very much like embedded meaning and culture itself, I suppose. Yeah, we were talking about that earlier, how everything is a cult. Like, whatever group you're with is your cult, or whatever band you like, or I'm a pro wrestling fan, and that is 100% a cult. And there's a certain amount of exclusivity, there's a certain amount of obsession, a little bit of ritual, a lot of symbols, music, all... It, it's like a very religious-type experience, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And then this comes back to what I was saying earlier in terms of, like, marketing and media and growth and stuff is like you kind of see these parallels in every sort of like niche and every sort of industry um so like i've worked in fashion i've worked in film um obviously i've worked in crypto as well as just like startups as well it's so like along all these different fields there's like you know you're gonna have like similar kind of dynamic of people and groups that are very passionate about these you know fandoms or whatever and essentially yeah like like you were saying, like, you know, there's there's music that people are very enthusiastic about. There's also things like language, culture. So, like, if you look at crypto Twitter, it has its own kind of, like, you know, rituals for, like, saying GM in the morning and then, like, their own kind of, like, internal things that no one outside. Like, if you showed some of the, some of the memes that come up. It would make board, no sense. Yeah, they yeah exactly. Because they're not in on the subculture. Yep. Yeah, the subculture and the internal references, like they don't know who, for instance, Kobe or Gainsey are, um, just to name, you know, one example mm -hmm. or whatever. But again, like there's all these like references built up and that's how you kind of build, um, you know, embodied meaning, I suppose, um, within these kind of like objects such as you know, logos, pictures, memes, words, um, even like down to how you kind of dress. And like you said, even rituals, like people get up, you GM in the chat, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally, 100%. And um, like, kind of like learned behavior, it also ties into like what I kind of do with um, companies um, and organizations at the moment. So in terms of like internal operations, I kind of like help turn companies, I wouldn't say into cults because... <laughs> It has a negative connotation these days. Cult is bad. Like I, I don't know. I would argue cult is good. Helping somebody get get into there is a is could be a good thing. But sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, but yeah, no, I I totally agree with that, and that's why I I've kind of shied away from it. Like it, it's so like entrenching. So what I do is kind of come to these companies, I kind of recognize all the rituals, like you know, pretty common ones like stand up and then all these you know, weekly meetings and all these other things, and then I kind of like improve these uh, you know from just best practices from experience of learning what kind of works and what doesn't work um improving these and then like how do we you know improve it even further how do we get everyone on the same page the same mission um and yeah i mean that's what i do um you know professionally you know like improving companies and you know, some could say it like you're creating a cult of a workforce um try to get everyone on the same page and see where things go Everybody's synchronized for sure. Yeah. Yep. It comes down also to these like semantics and these words. Uh, it's interesting. You know, I think uh, we were talking earlier, cult, I think uh, received a negative connotation uh, largely from people like Charles Manson and uh, what was the Jim other Jones. one? Jim Jones. Yeah. Who led these who started these these groups that and got people not known for being positive <clears throat> yeah to do things that were yeah largely extremely antisocial anti <laughs> um yeah but there's also the potential for the take back of these words and it's also interesting to play on like mm, culture. Yeah. People don't look at culture as a bad thing, but culture is is basically the way your people act and the way your people talk and the rituals and religions your people it's it's all about it it's kind of 
sounds kind of cultish to me. I don't know if the word, if, if the etymology has to do with it, but. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the same roots there. And it's yeah, funny, too, root. how you can add a word and it totally changes the connotation. Like, if you if you think about cult classic, like, in terms of people will talk about a film, oh, this film is a cult classic. Like, all of a sudden it becomes, yeah. it's, it's like, ooh, that's Latin. a very positive thing now. <laughs> like, Latin word cultus meant care, labor, cultivation, culture, worship, and reverence. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting point. I think it's a lot to do with like cultivation. It's right. with culture itself. It's like it's more organic. With culture, it like it turns into like a recursive loop, where you just kind of have like this narrow focus of like what would be culture in a normal like sprawled out sense, because it's so recursive and it's just like building in on itself. It becomes more and more, um, you know, more and more of a silo, I suppose, and you know less ideas come from outside and it, and it becomes like you know less transparent because it's just so inward focused it becomes a cult you know and i think that's where the kind of differences is very similar kind of things but it's just how it kind of develop over time uh, separates the two and, and i think cultivate cult um it, you know is a huge part of that yeah i i think you know i i just realized i feel like one of the one of the negative aspects of the word cult is probably the thought or the feeling that like somebody could get me to do something manipulatively, you know, unwilling, like, um, cause that kind of, it kind of seems like if we're thinking about these cults that drew in these fanatic followers and swept them up and we, we kind of think, oh, these people wouldn't have done this if they weren't, you know, brainwashed or whatever. Yeah, there's there's a level of deception with all of those, like, negatively connotative cults and, and such. Like, like, yeah, maybe there's some deception in less negatively connotated ones, but, I mean, I feel like that's where it kind of all stems from. Because if, if those people weren't necessarily being tricked into doing something bad or something, that they wouldn't individually want to be participating in if they were like of sound mind mm -hmm. I, I think we'd be looking at a different story you know what I mean yeah comes back to this line in in that article that, that you worked on this uh, unreachable standards on one end there were fools no realization of their own lack of understanding the other sages enlightened with nothing left to pursue in between philosophers aware enough to seek wisdom mm. and then Plato's Deep. on love and passion we love what we do not possess in this case we never attain full wisdom of the sage pursue it regardless yeah so if something is out in front being pursued uh it's never it's never going it's never it's not attainable right is if it's the state of being where I'm in pursuit. Not to say that's a bad thing. Um, you know, constantly in progress. But there's this ideal of perfection that I'm working towards but never claiming, right? Just only claiming that I'm in progress. I'm in constant progress towards an ideal. Yeah, um, I, I think it also has to do with like a sense of like maintaining a garden or like having a or cultivating a garden. Mm. Um, and I think like that's an underrated kind of aspect because you know if you believe in the Bible, for instance, when Adam and Eve were essentially sent to 
the Garden of Eden, they were there to essentially like cultivate the land and work the land. Um, right, maintain that. Yeah, exactly. So, and I think that's it's like a constant process. It's like constantly have to work the land because it's just going to continue grow, growing and you have to make sure it stays alive. So, you know, shit happens essentially. You, you always have to be on that kind of um, ball. Right. Like even the sage, enlightened with nothing left to pursue, must still maintain the state of his yeah, garden, so to speak. Right. right. Yeah, and, 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 I, and I think going with that angle is much better than other angles of the same kind of message. Um, so what I mean by that is like you should you should look at this as a a positive and like and from a hygiene perspective like. You're gonna take a shit, you know, every day or every other day. You know, you still have to wipe your ass and you still have to shower and shit. So, that that's the good thing. But the you know, like the negative aspect of it is, you know, what well, <clears throat> well, I I really don't like in terms of like Western philosophy is taking, um, and this is from like Camus and existentialism and nihilism. Um, you know what Camus basically said is like you know, it's the whole like Sisyphean myth of like Sisyphus mm-hmm. kind of going up as a, and as a burden it's not a burden it's it's like it's just a part of life and you know life itself you know should be should not be taken for granted but, and I think going mm-hmm. that angle of being like you know Sisyphean is probably wrong um, angle and has had huge uh, negative effects on mental health and you know just general outlook of life and and I think one of the consequences of those thoughts or you know becoming mainstream is like you know widespread nihilism and fetism and like now we probably have like one of the worst um population graphics in the sense that no one is really having kids anymore um you know i literally i told you like a couple of weeks ago that for the first time in history 2022 there's gonna be more women over 30 that have no children and that are with children, which is like a huge, huge turning point that people don't seem to understand the uh, depth of which. Um, and to that effect, because, you know, fertility rate is just like absolutely dog shit. Um, population by the end of the century is going to like collapse. Um, I, I don't really know what's going to happen, but I think it's going to, you know, to give it a term, it's gonna, I, I call it the great dying. Um, because like countries are just getting so old and maintaining this is just going to be fucked. Uh, I mean, if you look at Japan right now, like, yeah, there's like, I, mean, I, w- I wouldn't say it's the end, but what's essentially happening is like villages, like small towns are literally just being deserted. Um, people are just escaping, you know, villages and that you can buy like a house um, in the village for very cheap. That's, yeah, that's what I mean, not the, not the end, the Y-E-N, like their money. Yeah, the yen, yeah, yeah, the, the yeah, the yen is going down a lot and yeah, because because like they have a huge growing elderly population what's also happening is the young are being first forced to work more um, and they're being taxed more and yeah just like work corporate culture is just like you know sapping life out which is basically making the problem worse where people are having even less kids because you know their bosses you know it's been like hey like you know we need to work more and more or whatever um so yeah that's a huge problem um like it's, it's so bad like Elderly people are making like you know, giant human-sized dolls just so they stop feeling lonely. There's like been huge amounts of reports where like, you know, like no one comes out of a house for like a year or two, and they, and they'll open it up and it's like a dead old person. I just like died and started rowing. Um, it's all factual. I've tweeted about this. Like you know, I can send threads or whatever. It's, it's absolutely crazy. But like, I was talking to my friend in like Eastern Europe. Um, he lives there. He's basically saying the same thing. It's like, what's happening is people are abandoning the villages. All the young people are either going to the West or, like, they're moving into the city. So, like, I mean, there's, like, multiple forces going on. So, like, what I kind of predict as well is, like, on Twitter or whatever, on social media in the West, it's, like, it's cool to, like, want to live in the city. I mean, want to live in the countryside, have a, you know, um, a homestead, a farm, whatever. I think that's a very much, like, an American kind of, like, viewpoint. Um, but like in the rest of the world, it's like pretty much the opposite. More and more people are moving to the city on mass um, because like the situation is just so fucking shit. Um, and like supply chains, infrastructure, 
you know, maintaining roads, all these kind of things like fall apart when you just have like an elderly population and you know, lower population. Um, I mean, like if you look at the Amazon as well, um, they say like the population of the Amazon when, when they first kind of discovered it was like huge. But the thing is, obviously, it was all kind of hidden in the rainforest. Then what happened was, you know, you had like smallpox, all the European diseases that they came into contact with just spread like wildfire. And then, like, you know, essentially the rainforest just, like, took over. But if you, if you, like, even if, like, smallpox took over, there'll still be, like, some survivors. But because, like, they lived in, like, huge cities of, like, 50,000 people, which, which which at the time was the same size as London, if they live in, like, huge cities, like, people just start diminishing over, like, 100, 200 years. Um, and the Spanish, like, conquest, like, the first contact was, I think, 1300s. And then they only came back in 1500 when they tried to explore it and then still hadn't, you know, by then, like, there's just, like, ruins everywhere. Um, like, you know, all it takes is a couple, maybe a hundred years it takes, like, nature to start reclaiming things. Um, and if you look at COVID, like, after, like, two or three months, like, animals are just, like, roaming free, populations are just increased. Yeah, nature take over quickly. Even yeah. just watching, there's a city next to me, there's a farm that's been abandoned for about two or three years, and it's completely overgrown with vines and trees, and I imagine in another couple of years you won't even see that it's there, so in a hundred years or whatever, it's forgotten. Yeah, it'll be like completely broken down and reabsorbed right. into soil. And nobody will know it was there, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, population decline is like a crazy thing, and I think Elon Musk has talked about it recently, but like, I, I don't even think it's reversible. Like, I wrote my like college thesis, university degree thesis on this, you know, the, what what's the population going to look like in hundred years or whatever, and like, there's no way to reverse it. It's just like, it's, it's I I don't know how to reverse. It. I mean, like, you know, every, I've I've thought about it for like you know over ten years, um, and it just seems like one of the things that you just kind of have to accept. Um, people are just going to get old and stop having kids, which is fucking crazy. Um, that's crazy how do you end a species <laughs> you stop reproducing yeah yeah and then there's, a, there's an interesting like science experiment um, it's called the, the uh, what's it called mouse utopia so basically in mouse utopia is I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it but like <laughs> they, 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 they put like a population of, like 100 mice 50 men 50 women mm. um, mice um, and yeah, they put them in and they gave them everything. So they gave them enough space. They gave them like enough food um, and like basically everything like they could want. And what ended up happening is like crazy. So like it was, it was total population collapse. You know, obviously you'd, you'd think it's the opposite, but like, yeah, the, the population collapse, what ended up happening, there's like gang warfare and the mice. Um, there was like people were scavenging and hoarding food. There was like, you know, some mice were like, they turn into incels and like you know, like homosexuality became you know became apparent in the mice. And what also happened was like you know some mice would ha have like harems of women, and they like they wouldn't allow the women to like leave a certain box or something. And then like you know mice children would be abandoned. Um, it was absolutely nuts. And then you know after like a couple of generations, the population just absolutely just fucked died. Stopped reproducing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't know. Maybe that's what's happening with Earth. I don't know. Scary parallels, but yeah, that's yeah. damn, <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty fucking interesting. Then, uh, uh, that reminds me of another. There's like a, I don't know, was it it was it the same experiment where they did? Uh, uh, I thought it was rats, and they and they found like that the, um, I think they gave the rats like drugs cocaine or something and gave them unlimited access to cocaine like cocaine laced water and then isolated them and in another control gave them unlimited access to you know the rat society uh gave them a bunch of fun stuff to do and found that they didn't choose the drugs the cocaine laced water when they had these other rats to be social with and to be you know 
do whatever whatever they wanted so so like the findings of that kind of show like that the opposite of addiction um would be basically you know to be immersed in in a society and uh right to have to have social interaction um so it's interesting that there's i guess there's sort of a balance here where you you can't have too much a little hardship yeah you can't have too much isolation but then you can't have you don't want to have too much access either um, like with the yeah, utopia yeah. sense you don't want things to be too perfect because then you got nowhere to go like if there's no you don't have to work towards anything what are you going to do right yeah and, and, and i think it goes back to what people say about you know hard times create you know, strong men whatever yeah. um i think that's pretty much true and like like empires and civilizations generally have like a life cycle of you know a couple hundred years where like started out as barbarians and then slowly just take over and then become weak um someone else takes over cycle continues yep fuck like you said though you need that hardship to get strong like adaptation so it works the same way in the gym you damage the muscle mm -hmm. with those micro tears or whatever and yeah yeah that and damage you can't get better yeah comfort stunts growth in that sense yeah, and it, and it goes back to what we were kind of saying about, you know, cultivation um, and just having, like, you know, just maintaining and being, you know, putting yourself into that uh, aspect. And I suppose, you know, like, David Goggins, I'm a big fan of David Goggins. I don't do this, like, crazy shit or, like, you know, as hardcore as him, but, like, I think he has a pretty good kind of message in regards to, like, just keep doing it. Um, keep keep going. Um the one thing that made me who I am today is being vulnerable. It's breaking myself down to the absolute rock bottom. Why the hell am I here on this planet Earth? Why am I here? And if you don't know that, you will live the rest of your life searching, always asking the question, why? Everything I didn't want to do is what got me to where I'm at today. It's about what you're saying to yourself, but it also comes with work. So I knew in the back of my mind that I could pull off this whatever. And I like right. that whatever he doesn't wants... pretend like it won't suck. Like a lot of people are like, you just got to get through this and then it doesn't suck. Like David Goggins is like, you need to embrace the suck. It's going to suck and that's going to make you better. <laughs> like, <laughs> like... And how you do that is you cannot think of a normal mindset. The suck is a, is a necessary thing. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Um... And I, and I think it goes back to, like, the whole aspect of enlightenment. But you've got to go inside yourself to find it. How? That's the question. How are you going to do that? I don't know. I think a lot of enlightenment is also kind of to do with acceptance and um, having some sort of, like, sense of stoicism. So, yeah, it's going to suck, but that's just life uh, in, that, right. in that sense. Only um, thing you can choose is how you deal with it, like Marcus Aurelius style. Yeah, but, but the... But the the, the interesting aspect I like to put on it is like, like you should enjoy even the parts that suck because it's, it's still like a breath of life. If, if you just live like a palace your entire life and you get everything done for you, like you're gonna have a very boring life. Uh, and, and for me, like I'd rather be in pain than be bored. Um, and, and I think that's the same case with like most of humanity. Like they'd, they'd rather be, you know, ha thinking about something, struggling about something, you know, and just going from there rather than the alternative which is like absolutely doing nothing and, and i think that ties in with like you know modern nihilism and it ties into like the whole mass utopia because like you know you you remove the struggle from these mice and you remove um you know struggle from modern man essentially it's, it's stop yearning for things to stop having ambition and goals and ideals um and like that's like boredom you know um they have nothing to like you know they have nothing to do and i think a lot of like modern problems are due to like boredom especially like in mental health and like obesity and all these other things is it's like people are just very bored and you know they'll, they want to pick the thing that gives them the you know, most amount of dopamine uh, mainly because they're so fucking bored in their you know life and stuff so my yeah. daughter's a little angel but once she gets bored she's 
the opposite of a little angel. (laughs) (laughs) It's like keep her occupied because when she's bored, it's like she breaks things deliberately, (laughs) like gets into things, like does everything she's not supposed to, just like I did. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I I, I used to be like that as well, like as a young kid and everyone tells me like all my relatives would be like, I was very naughty as a kid, but I don't like, I wasn't really naughty. I was just looking for, you know. You didn't want to get bored. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, and, I, and I think that's a, that's a huge kind of problem with the modern education system. It's just so fucking boring. And then what ends up happening is, you know, they put these kids on like ADHD medicine and like they all get this like psychology industrial complex system, um, you know, and they give them like medication. And I, th- I think everyone here is like American, right? But like when I went to America, it like kind of shocked me how many people were on medication, how many people had been institutionalized, and I was I was only there for like six months. But like it kind of blew my mind because I hadn't really seen that level of you know pharmacological industrial kind of complex at that level, um, and I, and and that's one of the reasons why I'm like I'm very very against education industrial complex, which again is like this whole kind of system oppression in a certain sense. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Preach. Yeah, it's like programming people to sit still all day. Uh, oh, so even, fucking even boring, it's dude. Literally, so bad for you that it's causing people to go crazy. <laughs> they need to put people on drugs because they I can't slept. handle being I... forced into sitting still. Yeah. Speaking of the opposite of boring, I'm looking at your uh, website here and I see memetics. Memetics is kind of a hot topic as far as I know recently, but I feel like it's been an important thing for literally thousands of years since like even the Egyptians, Mesopotamians and stuff. How do you feel about memes and and, and memetic culture? It's, for me, it's like, it's an intellectual kind of pursuit. Um, I, I kind of see it as, a, you know, it's the study of ideas. Um, I had a Wikipedia, the Wikipedia actually got taken down because I didn't update it in like a year. Um, but I had an entire Wikipedia basically um, outlining more intellectual and academic side of memes and memetics. Um, I'm trying to approach it from that angle where like each idea is linked to meme essentially. And like basically everything you're interacting with is a meme in a certain sense that it elicits um, a concept in your mind um, and then like it, it gets pretty trippy because um, when you think of something um, it might be different to how someone else thinks about it but the fact that you're thinking about it, it also changes um, the concept itself um, so there's this whole kind of recursive loop but in terms of you know what do I think of memetics in general I think it's uh, it, it's, it's definitely something that people should try to understand um, and where I kind of enjoyed my kind of angle into it um you know was through like an evolutionary lens is essentially how do ideas evolve how does this lead to innovation and how does essentially you know ideas spread throughout you know a group of people uh, right how, so, how much information can you convey with a meme like i feel like people look at it like it's a funny picture it's just a goofy fad but with a single meme, you can convey a whole entire story. Yeah, like and subconsciously, like you're gonna recognize, oh, like maybe I know this event or this trait, but like you're not thinking like, oh, this is that. It just kind of comes to you, and I don't know. I think that's pretty context, meta, yeah. just like by definition. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, memes can take down like governments, and like if you if you look at like modern warfare now. Like not modern warfare in terms of like 20 years ago but literally you know, the last two years it's like this, like people are not making an effort to hide psyops like moments are actively like you know open openly spreading memes and psyops essentially so like if you look at the ukraine russia war it's like the government like the official counts of like each respective country it's like they're sending memes to one another right. while they're having an actual war with guns and blood death you know so like yeah so like that that's like just totally apparent and i think the whole like what a meme is as a joke you know the funny picture thing i think what it kind of represents is like an embodied meaning within like an image so like it has a huge amount of context it has a huge amount of 
you know, ideas condensed into that one picture. And I think that's what like you, know, you you can take that metaphor of like embodied meaning, I suppose, into um, you know the real world. So like a laptop, what's a laptop? When I when I say laptop, you guys have a idea in your mind of what a laptop is, and that's basically due to context because you have all these like visual references, and then you have like you know my all... personal relationship with the laptops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, experience. So in in terms of memes, and I think. Like communication is so important and you know one of my kind of theories on like organizational transformation is you know almost like cybernetics and you know using memes in terms of meaning and language and you know how to like cultivate this meaning you know recursively um into a cult let's say i think that's where the two kind of fit in hmm. i like that you brought up cybernetics which kind of tickles my sci-fi bone because <laughs> I, I was always a fan of the Terminator and stuff, but realistically these days, the symbiotic relationship that computers and the internet and human beings as a species have all together is that like is it say is it unreasonable to, to say something like that's a cybernetic organism? Yeah, so um, like a DAO um you know, I, I've been, I, I was, like, I initially was a huge fan of DAOs, but now, like, like a DAO's kind of morphed into, like, this, this new thing, but initially, like, what I thought a DAO was, was a cybernetic organism in the sense of, like, it commoditizes information. So, in the sense of, like, every decision is based on information, and you have, like, some sort of um, autonomous process, um, code, for instance, that could do this, or, you know, DAO votes, and whatever, whatever it may be, that can, um, you know, turn that information into basically money. Um, that's what my kind of concept was. And yeah, cults are essentially cybernetic organisms, companies, businesses, anything where there's like a group of, or, you know, a group or crowd of people like that transmitting information. It's all like cybernetics um, because, you know, basically using that information to make like more information or more decisions. And yeah, it, 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 it can get pretty crazy. Um, yeah. Fucking deep. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh how can we reel this back with um your role in Concave? Can we Yeah, so um with Concave, um the way I was kind of brought in, Epic kind of reached out to me back in I think like October, September last year, so before you guys launched. Um, so yeah, basically asked me to kind of help with the marketing kind of stuff because you know he fucked with me. I mean, he's a Twitter follower for like since like 2017, um, and you know me and him were cool for ages. And yeah, so like you know he, he kind of reached out to me. We were kind of you know working together um, on Concave. So I was basically helping with the social media kind of stuff. Um, so coming up with like kind of things, and then obviously it being a DAO and um yeah just kind of slotting in there and i was kind of doing that until um the, the launch happened like in february march time and then i kind of had to do some other stuff so like i was just getting busy with work and you know other clients essentially and so i kind of dropped it and then around summertime i kind of came back and you know i talked to epic and i was like you know i'm working with all these kind of you know small startups um that are you know basically looking for funding partnerships and you know, it'd be good to kind of, you know, just talk to you or, you know, have you on board somehow. And from there, um, you know, more or less became a VC scout because what I understood was, you know, Epic was trying to create like a VC arm. Um, I, I don't know how much detail I can go into, um, but yeah, that's that's essentially what we're kind of doing. And um, from there, it just kind of snowballed and I made a few introductions and, you know, a few companies um that are still in the pro i mean i don't know how many have been completed and i don't know how many there are in the pipeline but yeah there's quite a few introductions i've made and yeah that's that's pretty much it right now and yeah and i'm still looking for projects or you know if i if i feel as though they're good and they fit in with the kind of ethos that concave is um because the culture at concave is very different to a lot of other DAOs and um and just how things are run are very different so yeah that's pretty much it Dope. Sure, we appreciate your efforts as well, sir. So, what do you think yeah, that we're at as um, 
<clears throat> you know, this past year was pretty, pretty crazy in the crypto space. We kind of saw everything blow up mainstream this time last year, and then uh, sort of another bubble burst this year. And now I feel like we're realigning to progress. Uh, where do you see us going from here? Um, I mean, I think like now is a like great time to kind of get experience and just like get used to the space. Um, and start making like small bets here and there. I think the market in general is probably going to go sideways for a bit, um, but I, I'm I'm not not bullish. Um, I think it's gonna until maybe like end of 2024 or yeah around the end of 2024 is gonna be very bullish in my opinion. I think that's gonna be like after the halving Bitcoin, which generally leads to um, you know an increase in price um that's just like a general kind of like rule of thumb um and I, I, that's my general kind of feeling obviously you know things can change i think also we're also entering a space where you know the last 10 years or so you know it's been more or less a you know, an up market in all you know in, in the entire world it's always been, it's, it's been going up i think there's gonna be a recession for the first time in like crypto history um and yeah, there's going to be like a huge kind of recession. I don't know how big it's going to be. You know, a lot of people say it's going to be crazy. A lot of people say it's just going to, you know, we're going to be up forever. Um, I'm, I'm not sure, but I think there's definitely going to be some sort of like, um, you know, pullback, um, you know, much greater than we're kind of seeing right now. Um, and I think what, yeah, I think the, the, the dollar, the dollar itself is just going to, it's going to go down. But at the same time, like all the other currencies in the world are going down against the dollar. So the dollar's going up the actual you know value of the dollar has gone down so um you know where does that put the entire world i don't know it's quite, it's quite complicated um but i think in terms of crypto i think i think you know the market might be going sideways but the thing is the market's here to stay like every day i know of like companies hiring i know of, like people trying to get into space and i know of like you know venture capital being deployed if you look at this year even though we've been in a bear market the entire year like the amount of money that was invested in companies in just like Q1 alone was more than the entirety of last year, you know, altogether. So in terms of like money and capital being allocated, it's still been increased. It's, it's like very high. And I think that's going to continue um, mainly because, you know, people are looking to put money in places that are, you know, good bets, safe bets. I'm um, going to grow as well more than inflation. Inflation is crazy high. So, yeah, just people are betting more. And the other thing you have to kind of remember is that there may be a shortage on dollars. That's why I like the dollar amount against other currencies is going up. But in general, in the world itself, there's more, there's more money and more cash, like on a, on a general like global perspective, than there are places to invest. Um, so like money always goes to the right kind of places and just trickles down, I suppose, over the long time period. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was just re I was just looking at this um back at this work that Calhoun did on the the mice mice mousetopia and the findings on that and like Yeah, like the last one, just as mice like of his main findings. Just as mice thrive on a set of complex behaviors, the concern for others Developed in post-industrial human skills and understandings is vital to man's continuance as a species. The loss of these attributes within a civilization could lead to its collapse. So, that kind of, that goes back to what I was saying about, you know, this connection with others and the importance of, you know, really the most important thing in life. Um... You know, we're here, nobody really knows what the hell is going on. Like, yeah, we all have these, we can, you know, we can verify from our firsthand experience what we know to be truth and, and then we can just kind of dance around and philosophize with possibilities of before and after, uh, are we infinite, are we finite, uh, 
you know, but the relationships that we develop and cultivate with each other is where the real value lies. And that's what we're trying to do here, you know, and that's what I've always appreciated about Concave in general also is that, you know, we produce and provide this culture and this value in uh, in our interactions with each other. And, you know, we're here. We've been here. We're going to continue to be here. Where we're going. I mean, there's doom and gloom in every... You know, in every stage of society, it's like every 10 years, there's like, oh my God, the world is ending. Um, it's different this time. <laughs> is it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It'd be definitely a time of revelation. No, I think, I think, I think, um, yeah, it is different every time but i think also like people tend to neglect um the fact of human history like human Mm -hmm. evolution like been in way worse situations like um if if if, like population collapses by end of the century i think like yeah population's still gonna go on like we're still gonna come out of it um and we're gonna be like changed by it definitely for the better um that's that's my general take on it obviously you know it's easy to say things yeah, everything's just going to get worse, but if you just look at human history and the way it's just kind of gone, I think it's going to continue to go that way. And, like, I think humans just have an innate kind of feeling of self-preservation on a, on a large scale. Obviously, some people might be suicidal and whatever, but that never really, like, goes out as much because it always fizzles out at the group level. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, in terms of evolution... Over time, those kind of genes and genetics just kind of get weeded out, and you you see a population that's just like more willing to grow, I suppose. More willing to Diving deep once again. The deep ape space. So, uh. Is there anything else you you wanna talk about, Grit? Um, no, I mean I, I posted a book in a group chat. It's called God and Gollum by Norbert Wiener. It's, it's a book on cybernetics and how it kind of like transmutes out into the larger world of you know, everyday life, I suppose. And, um, you know, cyber- and how cybernetics can be um, applicable. It's, yeah, it's like a hidden gem, um, but like it kind of like links up a lot of things um of like you know recursive thought i think um the book eb eby i can't remember what it stood for though um something back um a godel escher and back is, is also like a pretty good book that's pretty more popular like golem god and golem is pretty like low-key um, but yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Symbolism. I'm bullish on the triangles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's like, you know, ethics and politics and all these other things and economics. Uh, he tries to talk as much about, like, all-encompassing as he can. Um, and yeah, he's like one of the fathers of um, cybernetics. But yeah, I mean, that's more or less it. I kind of like talked about, you know, memes, cybernetics, information um cults so yeah that kind of like wraps up and sums up and it's into you know stuff but yeah i mean i think that's more or less it from my end um awesome do you want to like do you want to tell the audience do you want to give any like if somebody wanted to look more into uh what you do or yeah, I'd, I'd just say uh, follow me on Twitter and subscribe to my newsletter. Um, that's it. My Twitter is gritcult, one word. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. And the newsletter? Um, the newsletter you'll find on my Twitter account is, you know, that little tab underneath. Sweet. 
Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Hit this man up if you want some real life alpha. Did you want to uh, mention anything about either of the projects you're advising right now? XYZ and Aversify? Yeah, so Aversify um, is a NFT um, data analytics kind of platform. But just with NFTs, we're like, you know, pretty much all encompassing. Um, the closest competitor is probably like Nansen AI. Um, mm. And yeah, yeah, it's 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 a it's a pretty good kind of startup. I'm working with the founders. Founders like super young, super very intelligent um, guy. And Electra um, is a bit more hands-on, so that's essentially like an NFT bridge using a new kind of um, technology architecture. Um, and we're currently raising capital for Electra. So if anyone knows anyone that's listening or wants to invest, uh, let us know. <laughs> um, we're yeah, we're just like at the moment, kind of you know, figure out tokenomics and you know, nitty gritty kind of stuff. But yeah, that, that's um, going well, taking our time, and then obviously we're building in a bear market. So like me personally, I don't think there's any rush to like get things out uh, as long as we build it correctly and have the right kind of you know approach in terms of longevity. Um, yeah, that's time to build. It is for sure. Right, let's go. Build on. Sweet. So, is there anyone else that you'd like to shout out, give some, give recognition, that sort of thing? Um, probably shout out Epic. Um, he put me onto Concave, and then obviously that led us to where we are now. And yeah, yeah, Epic's just you know mad connected, and yeah, shout props to him, I suppose. What a G. What a guy. What yeah. a guy. <laughs> kind of funny, actually. He uh, he recommended the follow-up book to Goodell, Escher, and Bach. So it sounds like we've got some reading to do, guys. <laughs> right. I was going to say, gods and golems. Send yeah. it. Getting it. Yeah. Yeah. Putting in my yeah, he, he, Amazon um, cart now. <laughs> so the guy who wrote that book, he also has a book on memetics, I think. Ooh. He has an essay on memetics. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, he, he literally mentions memetics, um, and that's a pretty good book. Norbert Wiener. No, so the guy who wrote Go to the Show back is Douglas Hofstadter. <laughs> Hofstadter. Oh, oh, okay. Um, Not Mr. Wiener. No, sir. Sorry. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, old book too. Dang. Yeah, I actually have Goodell, Escher, and Bach from one of my logic courses, but I don't think I don't think I read through more than like a couple chapters for it. So definitely gonna have to pull that one out of the boxes one of these days. Yeah, um, let me just get the book that has the memes in it. I don't know if it's the same book that Epic recommended, but I think he's read it. Meta Magical Themers. Nice. Uh -huh. Oh yes, questing for the essence of mind and pattern. Okay. Yep, that sounds like a conversation that Epic and I had. Patterns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think that's more of it, guys. Dude. Thank, you, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much yeah, for coming awesome. on. Yeah, no worries. Appreciate it. Yeah. Super insightful conversation, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. Let's do it again sometime. And uh, yeah. Yeah, you fit right in, man. Appreciate it, guys. You've been listening to the Deep Ape Space Podcast. Brought to you by Concave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brought to you by Al Sepatura and Chef. Yeah Boy RD. That was sick. That was cool. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was solid. Good episode. Brought to you by Concave, the Builders Co-op. Build on Spoon Fam. Yeah.
cultivate these uh, yeah. these <laughs> you know these <laughs> valuable connections and relationships and definitely appreciate you sir yeah no likewise um yeah if you need anything let me know as well and go from there cool yeah man um yeah have i suppose have a good day and you know looking forward to release and the other episodes and stuff so, so. yeah 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 sure sure, sure, sure sure we'll be in touch oh yeah man Okay, guys. Peace. Peace. All right, peace. You? Wow, that was deep. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Let's get it. Hop off a 16 passenger. This a G5. No, this not a challenger. Big one. I keep some members with me in the fridge. The coat seats. They some cannibals. Eaters. They like the geek geek. Drink a whole bottle. Wake up and repeat. Damn. She took a look. Mixed it with the chill out. Now she say she said 3D. Wow. I go in the jungle and they got a coat. I bet I come out with a me. I bet I do this shit for the fam. Cause this shit bigger than me. Big. Color stones in my infinity link. And in the factory masterpiece. I call on twin. Could that be my brother? We got the same roller. He matching me. Nah. For real. Water on me like the sun of sun Carry some pointers Ooh. All these commas I want fun from Me go gunners out the jungle Buy it all, fuck a front of Nigga, cake on me, no fun of Cash, drop top, feeling like stunner Drop top, get these play, no runner We gon' chrome my wallet, Ooh. smoke my pilot Ooh. Take the revive to the trappings Trap Nigga want shit. shit, I was outside just serving narcotics, narcotics. Pay me that stick, nigga made one wrong move Jet popping, living on broke With the whole flooded out in the hotel lot Diamonds be dancing like Bobby. They dance. Don't touch a dick like it be cocky. Don't touch it. Shroom and GC depart. We geek it. Bitches gon' trend on the top. Keep trending. The way I pull up, I'ma pop it and none of these niggas gon' stop me. Pull up. Gone. Put that shit on, get a cup for the drip. I'm a motherfucking fast. Keep low. Keep stacking your bank, I'll get bigger. Go. Never will. I throw some shit on no nigga. On tape. Little nigga don't blow with these niggas. No. I see the big picture. We up on these niggas. The hunch the one you gon' call on me, nigga. Yo. I got your back, you gon' follow me, nigga. Wow. When I get up, we gon' ball on these niggas. Wow. Fuck shit up, cause we beat out the system.